0: Hey what's up it's another episode of Lockdown Raptors here to begin your week as the Raptors continue to go through life with most of their team in the COVID protocols and last night they played a game in said state with four replacement players on hand four regular roster players and they predictably lost very badly to the Cleveland Cavaliers on sunday night we're going to dig into that game our big takeaways talk about some of the replacement guys and the work they did and of course we got our due to the game to hand out as well that's all coming up on today's episode of locked on raptors with special guest vivek jacob oh because when i shot i expected to make it so like, i don't shoot kind of miss. So.
1: you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1085 of Locked on Raptors for Monday, December the 27th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of raptorshq.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors. And of course, you can find the podcast free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Please subscribe to, follow, rate, review, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Plus, you can find the show for free on YouTube as well. And we would very much appreciate you hitting that big red button. Button to subscribe. And as always, thank you for making us your first listener of the day. All right, on today's show, we are talking about a 144.99 Raptors loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. In a game that really tangibly means nothing, because the Raptors had eight available players, four of whom are regular bench guys for the team, and the other four were replacement players, making their first appearances in Raptors uniforms an hour and 20 minutes after having met Nick Nurse and got a bit of a walkthrough on how the Raptors do things, so pretty adverse situation for this raptors team i don't think you really could have expected much more the first quarter was really fun we'll dig into our big takeaways from it and we are joined here of course by vivek jacob from raptors.com big v how are you my friend
1: i'm doing well i mean got some quality time with the family over yeah, the holidays and, good. uh watch some at least what it looks like NBA basketball on Christmas, followed by <laughs> some not so NBA looking basketball on the 26th.
0: Yeah, the NBA has got to be pretty happy uh, with the way the schedule went and that the games on Saturday ended up being actually kind of all right. Although I did not uh, have to admit watch many of them or uh, any of them at all other than the Lakers game a little bit. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Sunday slate, not exactly overwhelming with great uh, competitive spirit or whatever. I'm having a hard time with this, though, Big V, because, like, obviously these games shouldn't really be happening. They should probably just, like, take it easy and, like, give these teams a sec to get their guys back so you can actually have some, like, competitive integrity to the standings and all that stuff. And there is a very real chance that this loss the Raptors sustained or whichever losses they sustained while they're still down guys and they're playing replacement players who they've signed in. You know, it could cost them but down the line. That's very much a thing that could take place. And so it's hard to, like, not be a bit of a grump about it because it's annoying and it's silly. And these, all these other teams, as uh, you mentioned to me before coming on air, I will uh, steal your talking point about Tom Ziller, uh, who wrote in his Good Morning It's Basketball, uh, sort of about how the teams that are signing players ahead of time are maybe getting burned because they actually have players on hand as opposed to the ones that are scrambling who are forced to have their games postponed. It is what it is. I'm trying to actually try to see the silver linings here though Big V where it's like Undeniably cool and awesome that these guys who are getting called in as replacement guys, as hardship signings, are getting a chance to play in the NBA sometimes for the first time, sometimes for a second chance or a third chance or a Joe Johnson th- chance, whatever one he's on. Uh, and then you also get guys like, you know, Xavier Moon and Javin Delorier and Cap Barber from the CEBL who are getting signed in, which is very exciting and sort of going straight to my heart. So, I'm trying to just view it as like, hey, these games are minor inconvenience that are actually a platform for these guys to potentially prolong their careers. And that is actually what matters most. Is that the way you're trying to view things as well? Or are you still uh, like me and sort of my darkest insides wanting to sort of burst out, just like pissed off with how the NBA has handled this whole thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd probably say both. I would say that, yeah, it's really cool that these players are getting an opportunity that they wouldn't normally have. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially, you know, around the holidays, you know, Christmas is a special time in the NBA. So if they got an opportunity to be in a game like that, that's really cool for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you you think of the other side of it and it's like, I don't know, I kind of want the NBA to sort of lean one way or the other, right? Like at this point, I mean, I don't know where they'd have to get to again scientifically to be accepting of it, but if players are double vaccinated and boosted mm-hmm. and feeling no symptoms, I'm kind of like, all right, you know, <laughs> let's just get on with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, that that was supposed to be the purpose of getting the vaccine, right? And so yeah. that you don't feel these <laughs> symptoms or you know don't you don't get sick uh as much and that seems to be the case so yeah why not just treat it you know like you would a cold or whatever it is
0: yeah i mean i feel like you would have to and again specifically way to... for
1: those who are double vaccinated and yeah
0: vaccinated. Totally. And I think you'd have to find a way to kind of insulate like the team support staff from potential of catching it or whatever, because like that's all that's I think the bigger concern here is like I don't think much like I think you or I are not worried about catching Omicron necessarily and having any adverse effects as people who are vaccinated and boosted and all that. I, I do just kind of. Like it gets into a bit of like a icky territory for me when you're like, oh, well, they're not symptomatic, so just let them play. Because, like, no, that, that's not the point. Like, they spread it to other people, and still a small percentage of people of a large number go into hospitals, a lot of people. And so I don't know. I'm very sort of in between on the whole thing. I totally get the side that's like, hey, maybe just like let them play if they're asymptomatic and boost it, but there are the other sort of tendrils of that decision that kind of come into play. And, I, you know, I frankly, I don't think the NBA, honestly, have proven that they really care about that. So maybe they will move that direction. We're already seeing them lower the quarantine times, which actually could bode well for the Raptors in terms of getting guys back in time for the next game against the Sixers. We're not sure just who yet, but we do know that they have brought the quarantine time down from 10 days to six days. And most of the Raptors guys were put into the protocols early last week. So perhaps there is... A chance that a couple of guys could be back for the tuesday game against philly we'll see i'm gonna try to lean into and make the best of what we've did they seen make that official? From these games i thought that they made it official over the weekend that could be wrong um yeah I, I, I do believe like i think that was like the effort they did to in order to get guys back for christmas am i not am i wrong there
1: i i was under the impression like for example Yanis he just happened to get like the, the two negative tests within right. twenty
0: four hours and that's what gotcha.
1: we'll come back. I did not see the six days made official. Um, right. And again, just to explain my point further, you know, overall, I just want the NBA to lean one way or the other. Right. Yeah, I, totally. I feel yeah. like they're dipping, <laughs> you know, their toes in both ends of the water. And it's like, either you pause the season. Yeah and say this is not something that we can deal with mm-hmm. or you play and say no this is like in some ways you're saying it's insignificant and yep. in some ways you're not so which one yeah. is it right yeah so that's kind of my point
0: that's um, a good point yeah yeah so nice. either you know
1: <laughs> pause it or or you just let them play the ones who are, you know are double backs boosted and asymptomatic
0: yeah Yeah, it's. um, I don't envy anybody making the decisions here. Let me tell you that for damn sure. Um, It's not a fun time. We should, however, talk about uh, Yuta Watanabe, I think, because he's probably like the big takeaway from this game, if we're trying to pull takeaways. Even Nick Nurse, after the game, said as much. He was like, yeah, big takeaways from this one. uh, Something like conditioning wasn't there, and uh, Yuta Watanabe is a god king. I think that was a direct quote. Uh, (laughs) Yuta last night with... 26 points, 13 boards, and assist to steal a block on 11 of 20 shooting, 2 of 5 from downtown. Uh, what were your impressions of Utah Watanabe who continues to impress? Of course, he's played like 11 or 12 games for the team this season and he has very much been in line with the turnaround and the overall form of the team, the way the defense has played and now his offensive game popping off a little bit with some opportunity. What do you think what we saw last night from Utah means going forward?
1: I mean... In terms of what it means going forward, it, it, it's hard to say beyond just I like the aggressiveness, yeah. right? And whether he gets ten minutes or whether he gets twenty-five minutes, you want to see that assertiveness in shooting the ball. Um, you would like to see the uh, efficiency that he showed in this one. That's for sure. Uh, you know, knocking down a couple threes, over fifty percent from the field for the night. I think. That's something that you take away and say, okay, how do you you get that on a consistent basis? Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I don't think he's going to get as many home ball reps as he did. Uh, He's going to have to be content with, you know, just taking shots from the corners or above the break or, you know, just scoring off cuts or offensive rebounds, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is just let's sustain that aggressiveness and that efficiency.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it just was sort of like a confirmation of what I've kind of thought all along, which is that Utah is one of the six or seven best players on this team. And I w- would be fully on board with him being like used as such. He's been kind of sporadic in terms of, is he getting more than 20 minutes? Is he not? Like, Where is he slotting in when they're at full health? But I think... Like we've seen, the the impact he's had on the defense has been enormous. The extra spacing he provides has been vital for a team that doesn't have a ton of spacing right now, especially in the second unit with Svi Mahal. like shooting the way he has all season, which is bad. I, I think, you know, there's just no reason not to treat him like he is one of the trusted seven or whatever it is on the team. And he can play. In all sorts of different lineups for this team as well, he can slide down and play the four. He can slide up and play the two in some jumbo lineups and be a kind of like roving off-ball, you know, move through screens and you know do some stuff off the catch and stuff like that. Like I, I'm fully on like unleash Utah in a more profound way than we've seen so far. And they've tried to do it a little bit more this season, I think. Like you know, he's been sort of heavily featured in their second units and whatnot. But I think you know, there's no reason he shouldn't be playing like 26, 27 minutes a game as you know a really trusted piece, filling in on sort of all those positions. Right? He can fill in behind Gary Trent Jr. if Speed Myiluk's not playing very well. He can fill in as a small ball four if Chris Boucher's not playing very well. And I, I think I'm fully on board with seeing more of it because he just does everything that you want from a role player, from the secondary creation to the, the sort of knockdown shooting that he's kind of developing into here. And then we saw like Olympic Utah last night with a little bit more in terms of off the bounce juice. And yeah, we're never going to see that fully come to life. But could he be like a second or third option in a bench unit? Hell yeah. Have him kind of space around a Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr. run second unit. And I think you're laughing, and you can kind of have him take a little bit more agency. So, yeah, exciting to see you to do that. I don't think it's terribly surprising to a lot of people who have been kind of on the Utah train for a while and who watched the Olympics. But good nonetheless to see him, you know, get to empty the clip in a game in which they very much needed anybody to empty the clip we are going to continue on here we're going to dig into the replacement guys and talk about the uh, collection of daniel oturu and tremont waters and dj wilson and juan Morgan and dig into how they performed in their first games with the raptors on very very short notice that's coming up In just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Truebill who are saving you money by helping you cancel the subscriptions that you no longer want or need. This is the time of year where you're going to sign up for a lot of stuff. Uh, You know, you get a a new app or something to go with a, a gift you got or whatever, and you sign up and then you realize, oh, no, I should not have done that. This is something I'm going to be paying for for the rest of time. Truebill is here to help you cancel those subscriptions that you have forgotten about or that you no longer want or need. They help you identify those and simply help you stop. And they do it for you because they make it incredibly easy. You just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions as well so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. That's a lot of scratch that you should not be spending on things like e-card websites and all the other crap i pay for my god it's unbelievable the amount of stuff that i just get emails for being like oh you paid for it again this month not anymore because Truebill is here to stop that entirely don't fall for subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com locked on nba go right now to truebill.com locked on nba it could save you thousands a year is truebill.com locked on nba All right, continuing on here with your first listen of the day with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. And Big V, let's dig into the replacement guys, shall we? Uh, Juwan Morgan, Daniel Latouru, Tremont Waters, and of course, DJ Wilson, who got the start for the Raptors alongside the regular four roster players. Uh, Where do you want to begin here? I I think we have an inkling as to where we're going to go with the dude of the game at the end of the show, so maybe we'll save that guy for last. Let's start with juan morgan shall we uh comes in place 27 minutes five points four boards hits a three you know pretty quiet stat line but i thought he looked pretty reasonable out there um any thoughts on Jawan morgan a childhood friend of og ananobi
1: <laughs> yeah i think off the top just we, we have to acknowledge how difficult this circumstance is for them
0: impossible <laughs> Impossible. Here, yeah. learn Nick Nurse's defense in twenty minutes. Go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know, when Utah Watanabe is talking about, hey, the first time we met these four guys is on the team bus to the arena. Yep. And you know, usually uh you know, their walkthrough is in the morning and now they're doing it the evening, uh, you know, the seventy five minutes before the game because It's only at two o'clock that they recognize that okay they've been able to get through uh the protocol testing okay and they will have eight players to play the game
0: yeah that was a fun little game of uh wait and see we were playing yesterday good times
1: (laughs) (laughs) and so they go through that uh you know you had dj wilson who was uh you know in vegas then flies to Chicago for a game that doesn't get played, then goes to Los Angeles to spend Christmas Eve with his family, then flies out on Christmas Day to uh, Cleveland. So you you have all of that. So it, it's, it's crazy circumstances that they're dealing with. But obviously, mm. bottom line, they get this opportunity. They have to take it. Um, so, yeah, Morgan... Uh, I I think Nick Nurse hit hit the nail on the head. It's like every player kind of had their turn in terms of showing Mm -hmm. their flashes. And Mm -hmm. so Morgan, uh, yeah, I think he's someone who stands out as a guy who could potentially, with time learning uh, the system and whatnot, who could be like, you know, one of those right place, uh, uh, right time guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Tremont Waters, uh, a bit erratic for me with the passing uh-huh <laughs> uh, he's not shy to throw a pass he's not shy to shoot either um uh, mm-hmm. and but i but i liked his game awareness overall like mm-hmm. he was always looking for that hit ahead pass he was always uh aware of like time and score there was that uh three that he took to you know maintain the two for one mm-hmm. uh, that i liked the, 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 that you know he didn't make the shot but i think there's that assertiveness Uh, At the point guard position that he has, uh, even if he's lacking in size and things like that, uh, Mm -hmm. that bodes well for, you know, however long he needs to be on this team.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, when I was watching Tremont Waters in that first quarter, which is the only quarter that actually happened last night, it was a beautiful game, and then it ended. It was weird how it <laughs> happened that way. But um, when I was watching him in that first quarter, I was like, you know, it'd be cool if—is uh, it if Malachi Flynn played with this aggression? Like, isn't this what we've wanted from him his entire NBA career? And like, when he's shown it, he's been good, and when he's not, it's been kind of a, t- a tough slog. I'm not saying Tremont Waters is better than Malachi Flynn. I don't think that's fair obviously, to like, you know, use this as an opportunity to slag Flynn necessarily. But like the level of just like, you know what, I'm going to look for my shot. And yeah, I'm going to throw some crazy passes, but I'm also going to make some good reads and kind of add some juice to the half court offense. That would be cool if Malachi Flynn would take that on. And so that was sort of a, a little tidbit that I, that I felt from the game uh you know juan morgan i liked when he was out there too like he like you said in time you could see him kind of having the physical profile to potentially be like a nick nurse uh fave like you know get in there like stanley johnson did last season for example uh um, man i guess that's like kind of an interesting question we'll get to oturu and, and wilson in a sec here but like Do you think there's any chance that one of these guys does kind of seize the day here and take a roster spot? Like it's tough to figure out who loses their job on the team. Maybe it's just like they end things with Dragic and say, you know what, let's just cut bait and we'll move on here because we want to sign this guy who's actually going to be on the team. But like, do you think there's any world in which one of these four guys or any other replacement player that comes in could seize a job here? Does this feel like a a roster that's ripe for that kind of sort of, you know, guy to take over and grab a spot?
1: I think there's potential for them to make a claim uh, for a spot later. Sure. Uh, so, you know, maybe once all the guys are healthy, the Raptors just go back to status quo, but they do have that one empty roster spot.
0: They right? do. Yeah. Uh, and for so, tax pur- purposes, baby. I love a tax purposes open roster spot. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so depending on how transactions shake out, you know, mm-hmm. in January or February, you uh, then if if it's feasible, then you could see someone sliding into that and mm-hmm. probably lean into lean towards uh you know wh- one of the forwards because that's the way that the rafters <laughs> yeah. do this. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah I, I would say you know they're, if they're fighting for a spot it's probably post February. Yeah.
0: Uh, and, and I'd then, even like probably. add on to that and say I think it's probably for a two-way spot they're fighting. I would imagine, you know, Champagne. I'm not sure where he's at with his 50 days on his two-way, but like he's been good. He's had some moments. So that's one thing crashes. I believe that
1: has been changed, by the way. Um, oh, has it? With with the hardship. Uh, I know it was last coming year. in. They've they've yeah. taken away the days, uh, so they they can play as much as they need to at the NBA level.
0: Okay, cool. That's, yeah, that, that's good to know because I know they got rid of it last year. Um, but either way you know, I could see Champagny potentially getting converted to an NBA contract and then that second two way coming open for one of these guys to potentially slide into later on in the season again because they you know they have that spot open for tax reasons right now. If they can move off Dragic, obviously that's like a big amount of money that they're no longer paying out to somebody. So maybe that makes it a little bit easier and they can sign a couple of guys. But um yeah, I- I'm intrigued to see if there's gonna be more flashes we see from these guys. And I think Morgan for me kind of seemed to fit the bill of like you know, low usage but reliable type big you can throw in there as like a fourth or fifth big that type of thing. Um, as far as Aturu, last night he goes seven points, two of four shooting, two boards. Uh, played the fewest minutes of anyone on the team, just twenty minutes. He's been like crushing it in the G League so far for the Windy City Bulls, averaging north of twenty a game. He's been excellent in you know seven or eight games of action. Uh, any impressions on Aturu from what you saw in his first game with the team? Yeah, no, I mean, not not too much. Um, not oh too much or oh,
1: too much o no, no, oh, oh too much
0: too <laughs> no, yeah. don't don't indulge me, I'm an idiot don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, like maybe he can get on the offensive glass a little bit that seemed to uh it seemed to be something that he was at least trying to do, and uh I feel like he's just you're just gonna need more looks at him uh and he, he again, we talk about the last minute situation he was the last guy that was actually signed, right yeah. so uh his frame of mind might uh, would have been even slightly different than the other three guys coming in so mm-hmm. uh yeah i think he's someone that i'd probably just need more of a look at uh, especially considering how quickly the game went south
0: yeah, it would have been really cool if we got more than twelve minutes of like meaningful close basketball to kind of draw stuff from. But hey, we can go back and rewatch that first quarter for the rest of time if we want. It's an all timer. that was the thing about last that night's game. Quite the choice. <laughs> watch, watch. There will be people who do it. There are the freaks rest out there who love it. There will, there are freaks uh, who we love who are listeners of this podcast who would absolutely go and do that guests mm. of this podcast 100 like there's no way lewis isn't going back and watching that game a couple times in the first quarter at least love you lewis but you're a deranged person and that's why you're so good at your job uh <laughs> we are uh, gonna continue on to talk about probably the most impactful of the four replacement guys coming up in the final segment of the show with of course the segment that everybody's talking about is the dude of the game that's coming up in just one second but first want to tell you about our friends over at built bar who are wonderful making the best tasting protein bars money can buy And I highly recommend you go check out their website right now because seasonal flavors are abound over there all December long. You still got the week before the new year. You can go take advantage of some great deals and all of that. And, of course, the best thing about Built Bars, you get the best of both worlds. It's delicious and healthy with a ton of flavors for you to choose from. That gives you that extra fuel to get through your million holiday parties. Maybe you're like me and you've been indulging in a whole bunch of garbage food for the last three days and you need something to kind of wean yourself off and be a little bit healthier, maybe give you some fuel for a workout or something like that. Built Bar is your answer there. It is much better than eating Three dozen shortbread cookies, which I think is what I've eaten in the last three days. And of course, you can, uh, you know, still indulge a little bit too. If you, for example, have a little cup of cocoa, maybe you got some nice uh, art- artisanal hot chocolate for Christmas or something like that. You want to dip your built bar into that, you can. And it makes it a nice, delicious, melty treat that you can feel pretty good about. Plus, they've got the built Bar Puffs as well. They're light, they're fluffy, they're marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. They taste so good you won't believe they're filled with protein. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is 15% off with LOCKED15 at Bilt.com. All right, let's round out the show here with Vivek Jacob and talk about the dude of the game. Of course, if you're a new listener to the show who's joined the the masses of the audience after that last night's game, which would be an interesting jumping off point for a fan. But either way, if you're new to the show, uh, the dude of the game is the segment where we talk about a guy who we have not yet talked about in depth in the first couple uh, segments of the show. Not necessarily a star of the game, but someone who did some dude-level stuff to help the Raptors achieve something good. And look, they lost by 45 points. There wasn't a whole lot of good in this one to pull from. But that first quarter, we will cling to like nothing else. And the dude of the game, Vivek Jacob, is, of course... Former Milwaukee Bucks player, guy who was drafted ahead of OG Ananobi by the Milwaukee Bucks. That's always a fun one. It is DJ Wilson, who is due to the game for the first time this season. Uh, this leaderboard is going to be whack by the end of the year, I think, Vivek. There's going to be some weird dudes who appear in here. If that's okay, we're happy to have them. DJ Wilson is due to the game. Thoughts on DJ Wilson, who put up 15 points, 8 points, 4 boards, 4 steals, and a block on 6 of 8 shooting.
1: Yeah, I think there's certain guys who in this situation who are getting that second chance and they come in and you can just see, yeah, I've sort of been here, done that, right? And he yeah. very much came in and played like a guy who has played in the NBA before. Uh, sure. I, I thought he took good shots. Um, I was I was pleasantly surprised by, uh, you know, his pull-up shooting uh, in the mm-hmm. mid-range uh, and the, the ability to go to that shot as sort of a release valve was pretty cool. Um, Defensively, obviously, the the four steals were very exciting. Um, But yeah, I think overall, you know, when we go back to Nick Nurse doing a walk through 75 minutes before the game and going through three or four offensive sets and then just a little bit of defense and then just saying, hey, all I want is for you guys to play hard and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just play with freedom. And -hmm. that's what DJ Wilson did. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a play that probably went unnoticed. It was towards the end of the first half, and Kevin Love missed a three, and Wilson gets the rebound, comes down the floor, bring, so he's bring the ball up, and from the left side, he throws a bounce pass to a cutting Utah uh, mm-hmm. that ends up going out of bounds, or it was a steal. Either way, it was a turnover. Um, but even that, like, to show those that playmaking potential. Uh, was something that I thought was pretty intriguing as well.
0: Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching the Watanabe's Watanabe days lineup uh, late in that first half last night. It was a pretty good time, even though they were down by a whole lot of points. Um, yeah, I think like of all the guys we were talking about, if someone's going to be able to steal a job here, I think the most likely guy is DJ Wilson. He's the most established NBA guy, of course. Spent a lot of years kind of just barely not breaking through with the Bucks and kind of always being on the cusp of it. And, you know, maybe this is a situation where, you know, big men take a longer time to develop. Maybe there's something there that the Bucs didn't tap into that the Raptors can, and they get this 10-day sort of audition to, to, to test it out. And, you know, uh, for a team that is lacking big men, although we say that they're lacking big men, they're lacking, like, traditional hulking large people. But, like, they have lots of guys who can play center minutes. That's not really the sort of, um, you know, the, 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 the thing that they're lacking. They have plenty of guys who can slide in there. But... You Know for a team that doesn't have guys who are six foot ten, something that's DJ Wilson very much is. Maybe he does profile as someone they could take a longer look at with one of those uh, extra roster spots or the two way if they convert champagne and all that. So, yeah, congrats to DJ Wilson. If nothing else, this NBA turn for him was a success because he won due to the game once, which, uh, really I can't imagine any higher honor, frankly. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, he can go and tell his family, Yeah, you know, I've tried to get back in the NBA, tried to stick, it didn't quite happen, but I did win that award on that podcast that one time and uh i can hang that banner in my you know office little shrine to myself for for the rest of time um any other stray thoughts on this game vivek i mean like we've talked 29 minutes about it which uh (laughs) is i think a testament to our quality as broadcasters but what's uh any sort of last lingering thoughts here about the things you saw was there anything you were disappointed by when it came to the performances of other players? We talked about Utah being so good, but the rest of the three main guys who were on the roster weren't exactly any great shakes. Uh, any sort of lingering last thoughts here from the Raptors' loss in Cleveland? Hopefully, their last game this depleted with potentially some guys coming back on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the last thought would just be you You saw why, you know, if, if there were four guys you— Could sort of flip flop out of you know protocols and in Mm -hmm. these kind of four guys who had to play would probably be the ones right (laughs) (laughs) between boucher and svi that i mean that's just rough but we know we're gonna get out of them delano obviously tough situation playing for the first time in two weeks uh you could see he wasn't up to game speed wasn't up to game shape um and that showed so yeah I, i think it's just a tough situation um yeah other than that you know i guess we can end off on, on a bit of you know good news uh yeah i had asked nick nurse because i i knew he had plans with the school to give out a whole bunch of gifts and like meet uh, all these kids at the practice facility obviously that couldn't happen anymore mm-hmm. Uh, but they did still manage to send the gifts to the school oh great uh, so that the kids could collect the gifts so you know it's holiday season, so at least finish off on a happy note.
0: Yeah, that's lovely. The Raptors always uh, doing good community stuff around the holidays. You love to see it. Um, yeah, we will hopefully have a little bit more to dive into when it comes to Tuesday's game against the Sixers. Hopefully some guys come back for that one, and it's a little bit more of a representative game. And look, I, I don't think... This is going to end up being a similar situation to last year where uh, basically a month of the calendar was lost. You know, I think they've already been helped by having a couple games postponed. So if you're concerned about this, sending the Raptors on some sort of tailspin down the standings, I don't think it's going to be quite that Drastic or severe like it was last season when they were already extremely thin they're a little bit deeper this season and a little bit have a little bit more in terms of guys who can kind of carry the day for you so we'll see but I I think hopefully this is sort of the low point in this sort of COVID racked section of the season for the team and they can come back and hopefully start rattling off some wins here as they did before getting afflicted by the virus as you know that they had won five of seven coming in the eastern conference seems very gettable in terms of like the fifth and sixth seeds right now so i still think that's so very much on the table which is good and it's nice to know hopefully that this section of the season is not going to spell total and utter doom like it did last year uh we're also going to talk about fred van vliet on tomorrow's podcast and dig into his all-star case but that's for tomorrow vivek jacob thank you for being here man it was a blast talking to you as always anything you would like to promote for the good people out there
1: usual stuff raptors.com cbc sports complex canada and you can follow me on twitter at vivek m jacob thanks for having me Sean.
0: Of course, buddy. It's always uh, a treat to have you on on Mondays. Uh, For those of you out there, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, you can check out the show and support it for the low, low, low price of On the House on all your favorite podcast apps as well as on YouTube. So please go ahead and do that. Again, on tomorrow's podcast, we'll be talking about Fred VanVleet and his all-star candidacy with a guest TBD I don't actually know who I'm gonna bring on for that one but we'll do it I promise it's gonna be fun and then hopefully we can talk about a real basketball game against the Sixers on Tuesday night on Wednesday mornings podcast that's the next couple days lined up I'm not gonna make too many bold plans this week because it's the week between Christmas and New Year's which means you shouldn't be doing anything and nor should I we will talk to you again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors until then bye-bye